Evolutionary.org podcast coming your way. Steve Smee here and Rick. What's up? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Q&A number 327. We're powering right along. We'll be at 400 before we know it. We're going to talk about five good topics, Rick. Let's get to the first one, getting bloods without a doctor. And this is a question that we get asked a lot, especially these days, because it's so hard to go to a doctor. A lot of doctor's offices um, are closed. A lot of people don't want to go to the doctor. Uh, Obviously, going to a place where people are sick is probably not a good idea. So why should you go to a doctor and sit in a room full of sick people just to have him write you some paperwork to take to a lab when you could just go straight to the lab yourself and get blood work without having to go to the doctor. Then you have to go back to the doctor, pay more money to get the results. A week later, that doesn't make any sense. So I like to just get my blood work on my own. So I have a link in my signature, Steve SMI. I have a link to a company that you can go online and you can order blood work on your own. You don't need to see a doctor and they will send you the paperwork by email. You pay if you pay whatever for whatever blood work you want. Really for the basic uh, hormone panel, it's going to be about 70 bucks. And I do have a discount code as well in the link and you can go online and you can, you know, you, you can order it, print it out and then take it to the lab yourself, get your blood drawn. And then the next day they'll email you the results. Simple as that versus having to waste your time going to a doctor and risk getting sick with all these super bugs that are going around. So to me, that makes more sense. Really, you know, the basic hormone panel guys, estrogen, LH, FSH, total testosterone. Those are the most important things you want to look for. And then your AST, ALT, which are your liver, kidney values. And then um, it got, it has your blood glucose level, which is really good to keep an eye on. And it's got a whole bunch of other things that it includes in that, in that hormone panel. So you can, again, click on my signature. It leads you to a web, to a, a link on Evo on evolutionary.org that will explain all this to so that, you. So that link yeah. on the description of the podcast, right? Yeah. I'm going to, I'll leave the link on the description of the podcast for sure. And you guys can just click on it. Um, you should see it. Um, if you're on YouTube, you're not going to see a link uh, because YouTube doesn't like links. So just follow the Evo uh, link or on iTunes or on, what is it? Google, Rick? What's the other one that we're on? Oh, we're on Spotify. We're on Google, a podcast. Okay. So you should be able to find a link in one of those places. So you can go, but Rick, you recently, um, got this done, right? You got blood work done this way. Did you See, not? My, my situation is a little different because I, I travel out of the country to, to South America uh, a lot. So I just get it done when I'm, when I'm out of the country because here you can just walk into a lab and get anything you want. So it's, it's, a, it's sort of like what you can get done for people there, Steve, but here you don't need the doctor's orders. I just walk into a lab. Uh, you sit down with the, with the lady at the, at the, at the counter tell them exactly what, what you want, what test you want run. And then in a few minutes, you're drawing blood. And then you get from the lab, you come and pick up your, your results later. And you don't really need to involve a, a doctor. So that, that's the way I do it. And so I take advantage every time I'm, I'm out. I mean, I can't remember last time I got bloods done in the US. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little different situation for me. Uh, because I get it done out of the country. And look, if you guys travel out, 
it's easy. You just, most places you can walk into a lab and order whatever you want and, uh, and just get your results. I don't even understand why the U.S. you have to involve a doctor to, to get blood work. You should be able to request your own blood work. And, and if you can pay for it out, out of pocket or, or whatever, just get it. Right, Steve? No? Yeah, but I mean, we don't control any of that. You know, I don't discuss that. How, how, does, how, does it, how does it work with you? Let's say if, if, if the doctor sends that blood work and, and I've got good insurance, will my insurance pay for the blood work then? Yeah, yeah, if you have good insurance. But it's still, you have to wait a week. I've done it before through a doctor. You have to wait a week. You've come calling the doctor. and But, then it's like, but, you know, but will the insurance cover the, the blood work, uh, or the blood test, if your doctor orders it, the, the doctor from, from, from the link? Yeah, you pay a deductible. Okay. You, you still have to pay the deductible. So at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's so much. I mean, it's good because maybe your family doctor won't see your, your blood work on cycle and you can, you know, you can family doctor, unless you're really reporting a problem, you might only get blood work order once, maybe twice a year. So if you, uh, if you're on cycle, you could get your own blood work and, and through, through, uh, through the link that Steve provides and, Maybe not bring it to a family doc. I mean, look, you should be able to tell your doctor, family, or not everything you're doing, what you're doing. You should have dialogue with your doctor about these things. And if you can't, then maybe you need to find another one or see another doctor that maybe your family that doesn't see the rest of your kids and your wife and, and whatnot. But you should. It's terrible that we're made to be criminals and, and we're driven underground for this lifestyle. But Ask for help. You know, any good doctor should be willing to help. Even if they don't fully agree with your use in steroids, they should provide the care and, and should help you go through your blood work. They should order blood work for you. And this is pretty common, you know, for doctors to, to get on board with, with, your, with you. Now they know you're doing steroids and it's, you're not doing it with their approval, but they, they're still ordering blood work and helping you keep up, making sure you're not fucking yourself up. And you might get a, a small lecture every time you go in there, but if they're real professionals and they love what they do, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be happy to take care of you, and they're gonna, they're gonna want to follow up with you out of professional curiosity and to really just learn more from from this patient that's doing something something different that maybe they wouldn't approve of, but they they get to be there and be involved with it and see what what happens and and how it develops. So. Um, you know, something to, something to think about. Look, the bottom line, Rick, I can't tell you how many clients have come to me with blood work. And I'm like, what, what the heck are you showing me? Because doctors don't understand this stuff in the first place. So you go to a doctor and he orders stuff for you. It's not going to do you any good. You have to get the, the stuff that we need. You need that hormone panel. That's very, very important. You may need an uncapped testosterone test to see if your gear is legit. You may, um, you're going to need LH, FSH, estrogen, you may need free testosterone. See, you know, see where your levels are. So these are things that doctors don't have. Act, they they don't know. To Doc is if if you're if he doesn't know your st your steroids, he's not going to order it. Most of that stuff. I mean, you'd have to walk in there and be like, "Look, here's what I'm taking, and here's what we need," and really open dialogue. Otherwise, mm -hmm. just on a regular on a regular checkup, you're not going to get testosterone test unless you're reporting a problem. They're not going to run testosterone, right? But even in that case, right there, they don't understand this stuff. They don't know what you need. That's why I'm giving you guys, I'm giving you a link to a blood work article that I wrote as well. 
and you can go through and learn what each thing means because he's not going to understand the difference between total testosterone and free testosterone. They don't learn that stuff in medical school. Unless he's a bodybuilder himself and uses steroids, he's not going to know the difference between bound testosterone and unbound. He's not going to know the difference between uncapped testosterone testing and capped testosterone. He's going to order you a test that caps it at 1,500. And if you're on 500 milligrams of testosterone, your numbers are going to be three, 4,000, but it's going to be capped at 1,500. So that doesn't do you any good. So that's why I'm saying it's better just to get it on your own. You know what you're getting, you know what you're ordering and you get it. And I'm going to include not just the link to how to get it, but I'm going to include how, what everything means on the blood work because doctors aren't going to sit with you, Rick, and they're not going to spend an hour going through what each thing means, you know? So, but if you actually go on that thread that I'm linking and you post your blood work, make sure you black out all your personal information. If you post your blood work on that thread, I will for free, Go through and tell you what's right. It is and what, so what's hard wrong. to find a good doctor, isn't it? It is just so incredibly hard to find a good doctor. It's hard to find a good doctor unless you know them personally, Rick. If you know them personally, they'll have a vested interest. You in know, you. I got I got really lucky. I mean, I have my insurance as we all do, but I still, when I really need to see a doctor, I see my doctor and I pay out of pocket because he doesn't take insurance. And I'm real lucky that this guy is, is about to retire. He's probably just not too many years from retiring, old guy in New York city and he doesn't have a nurse. It's just him and the receptionist. And when you come in, he takes your vitals. He spends time, time, time with you. He'll sit there and talk to you. And he remembers everything you spoke about. He can look at his notes and remember everything you went through. He's a real doctor. Like you, for your money, you have half an hour, 45 minutes of this, of this man's time. And he knows what the fuck is going on with you is incredibly bright guy. And it's just, a, it's just, a, it's so different. It's so different that when you go to a doctor and, and the nurse brings you into a room, they check your vitals and then the doctor's in there for a net three, four, five minutes with you. And then he's out. So I've never really liked that kind of, that kind of healthcare. I like being able to sit with my doctor and the doctor to know me and, and us have a, a real a real relationship and he knows what is up. And, and I have that, you know, I have that with, with my good uh, old doc and, and NYC and, and I swing by there when I need to, when I need to see him. And I also have a doc like that in, in South America too. And it's just, if there's a good relationship that you can develop is, is with a good doctor. And if you, if you know your shit, you know, you're not just an, an idiot, but you know your shit and you go in there and you talk to your doctor He's gonna he's gonna know you know your shit. He's gonna make a note of he's gonna make a note of it too, I'm sure. And then when you come in there and you say, Hey doc, I think I might I think I might need some of this. I think I might need some of that. You know, as long as you're not asking for anything fucking stupid like a narcotic or something dumb like that, but you're actually needing some some PCT or some some anti-ease or you're needing some shit, you know, he's gonna be just fine whipping out his pad and having dialogue with you and saying, okay, well, let's try that, you know, and, and he'll, he'll sit there and, and work with you on it. But you, you've got to develop that, that relationship. I think, you know, it's funny. I think some, some I've seen them out there. Some guys, uh, some guys develop a better friendship with their drug dealers, uh, even with their bartenders than they do with their doctors. And that's probably one of the best, friendships you can you can forge as, as a bodybuilder is with with your doctor with a good doctor and and being having that relationship with him where he'll 
he'll do things with you. He'll be on board to prescribe things and work with you in ways that he just won't do with anybody else. Like when you go in there and you, and you establish dialogue with him and you, he understands, you know, your shit and, and you're on this journey, he'll be more willing to fuck with you. But again, you have to find the right doctor. It can't be one of these guys that that's just has a nurse take you in. He's in there for net four minutes. Then he's out. That guy's useless. You'll never have dialogue with him. He'll, he'll never give a fuck. You've really just got, and maybe you need to just have that insurance in case of that day, but maybe go out of pocket and find yourself that like really old school doctor that sits there with you and spends the time with you. And it's very hard to find. It's incredibly hard to find. My guy's is going to retire and, and I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm hurting already. And he's not even, he's not even out, out, gone yet. I mean, you need, you need that. All right, guys. So the next question is going to be most CCs you can inject into a muscle. So Rick, um, you know, we see a lot of stuff on social media and stuff, guys injecting like this massive amounts of CCs into their muscles. It's actually, um, you know, it's more shock value than anything, but what's the most you've ever injected and, and what kind of muscle did you inject in? So I'm a, I'm a glute injector. I, I find the glutes are just very convenient. It's like the perfect muscle to inject. I've done shoulders. I've done biceps. I've done tries. I've done chest a little bit. I've tried quads uh, once or twice. It, I just find glutes to be the best spot. Shoulders being the second. Biceps being the third for me, just how easy it is to inject. Chest being fourth. And, and quadriceps, I just won't. I don't, I don't like them much. Uh, my buddy got rest his soul. My buddy Jared had a really nasty infection on his quads, and you 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 have a lot of a lot of uh, overlapping uh, tissues there, and it's not that hard for you to shoot in, into a pocket that's not going to have a good enough blood flow to disperse that oil when you hit the quads. So some guys love hitting their quads and live by them. And maybe they found just the right meaty spot to go into each time. And it's good. And look, if you can shoot quads, it's actually probably the nicest, most convenient shot you can take. I mean, you're sitting there, you're, you you've got your, you sit in there, you've got your work right in front of you. You're in a very relaxed position. You work with both hands. It's actually a much easier spot to hit than trying to reach back with one hand and trying to single hand uh, shoot a glute. But infections and just problems with shots and, and, and shot and pain and all that, just really bad with quads over the, over the glutes. Now, when it comes to glutes, just when you see the, a, a, a glute, let's say your right glute, you draw an imaginary uh, cross on it. And then the top outer quadrant, the top and outer quadrant of your glute, right or left, that is the, the part you want. So it's, it's, it's the, the top of the glute, the top half, and then the, half, and then the top half of the glute that's towards your hip more, not, not towards your, your, your tailbone, obviously, towards the outer part. And that's usually a nice meaty part with not a lot of big, huge uh, veins or, or anything really, or a lot of nerves running through there. You know, when you hit... When you hit biceps, when you hit chest, a little bit more painful. Biceps especially, a little bit more tender than shooting the glute. Um, shoulders seem to be pretty painless. Uh, as far as amounts, glutes, six cc's. Shoulders, three cc's. 
biceps, two to three. That's about it. You know, I just said quadriceps. I'm not a, a quad shooter. So I couldn't tell you what, what to shoot in your quads. But just glutes, you can go as much as six, five to six cc's on a glute. One of those big, thick syringes, the, the, the five cc ones with the little extra six one. You could, you could finally shoot six cc's into a glute, no problem. You know, the times that I have shot six cc's, which tends to happen a lot more often than you would think, it's because I'm using Ganable 50, which Ganable 50 is veterinarian grade bona fide equipoise. So it's bona fide veterinarian grade pharmaceutical, you know, veterinarian manufactured equipoise. And it only comes in 50 milligrams per cc. That's it. So even loading up a, a syringe with four or five cc's, you're only getting 200 megs of EQ. And if I'm told, and if I'm doing, you know, 500 milligrams of testosterone with three, 400 EQ, you know, I'm into, I'm into injecting, you know, six, seven, sometimes eight cc's a week already, just, just on that cycle alone, 10 cc's easily. Two cc's of test will bring me to 500 megs of test. And then I'd have to shoot eight cc's of Ganable 50 to get me up the 400 uh, of Ganable of, of equipoise that I need. And it's a good mix because human grade test and veterinarian grade, grade EQ. I know I'm not taking in heavy metals. I know whatever amount and milligrams I think I'm taking, I know I'm taking. But, but yeah, I mean, I've shot it. I've shot that much because of the Ganable. Yeah, six CCs in the glute, three in the shoulder, two to three in the bicep. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, like same thing for me. I, you know, I like you know different areas, delts, chest. Um, I don't like glutes. I don't like glutes at all. Um, I like to be able to kind of look down and see what I'm doing. That's why I like the delts, the chest. The quads? You shoot quads? You know what? I don't like the quads too much, but I will. I will shoot my right quad. My left quad doesn't like to be injected, but my right quad is okay with it. So both my delts, both my pecs. It's a comfortable yeah. shot. Just settling in for it. It's, it's about as comfortable a shot as it, as it gets. Because, I mean, even, even shooting my chest, you can't really look down. Even shooting your bicep, you, you're still one-handing it. Glutes are one-handing it. But quads is a very comfortable shot. It's just the problem is... Gosh, the injection pain and just the chances of, of you shooting into a weird pocket of something and it doesn't, and then the oil doesn't want to dissipate for days. I've had this happen. Yeah. And, you know, so in those areas, you know, I'll do, uh, you know, I like to do one CC, maybe two CCs, but I've done three CCs into like the delts and the, the, the quads and stuff. So your favorite is delt? You're a delt guy? No, my favorite is the pecs. Oh, you're, you're a pec shooter. Yeah. My favorite is definitely the pecs. I've shot pecs a couple of times. Not, not, not my favorite thing by far. I'll, I'll make a stop at the biceps or the shoulders before I hit the pecs. Yeah, it just depends. Everyone's different, but I do, I do like the pecs. Um, you know, and I wouldn't go more than three cc's at the end of the day. You know, just three cc's is the max. Um, that's, you know, that's going to be plenty. So if you want to you know, play with fire, you know, he go higher. So, but I don't really think it's necessary, you know? You know, once you find a, a muscle that you're comfortable injecting, you might be fine just injecting there always. As long as you don't get crazy cycles and where you need CCs and CCs of stuff and then your rotating sites are, you know, even at times I did like 
a lot of prop and a, and a lot of tremble and acetate. And, you know, the, and the muscles stay sore for a couple of days after injection. So you had to go one glute, you have to go right glute, left glute, right shoulder, left shoulder, right bicep, left, left bicep before you could really feel like fine hitting that right glute again. You know, when you're doing these short esters and you're shooting every day or every other day, or so, uh, I remember a couple of times I did test prop, you know, test prop, uh, tremble and acetate and EQ is a pretty nice, nice little cycle. And I remember I'd shoot test prop today on even days, uh, tremble on or not days, test prop on even days, tremble on or not days. And I was taking a little shot every day and then obviously adding the, the EQ in there. Uh, so I remember rotating sites a lot and, and getting to a point where like, holy shit, like now, now I'm hitting triceps because everything's kind of sore. You know, and this is like, this is, this is back in the day. I used some, um, some veterinarian stuff where injection pain was pretty bad. So look, if you keep your cycles low to, to not a, a huge, a huge ton of stuff, you only have a cycle where you only need to load four or five CCs a week. And you can do that on your delts very easy. Not a lot of pain. Pretty, I think the most comfortable and, and painless shot after the, the glute has to be the delt. You could, you, could, you could hit that on there all day long and never have to worry about trying any other part. All right, guys. So the next topic we're going we're gonna to talk about, we have another cool one, is how to protect the heart health in this lifestyle. So, Rick, this is one that we brung up kind of pre-show and you definitely had a lot to, to say about this one. So, you know, um, definitely chime in on this one. You have a lot of history with stimulants as well. Talk about yes. that. Yes. I like stims. I've done ephedra, caffeine, your Hemby stack, uh, aspirin, you know, as a guy in my early twenties, I, you know, I did try, uh, I did try a lot of these and it's just, um, it's probably, it's some of the more detrimental things to your heart. You're already taking steroids, which, you can enlarge your heart. You have you already put yourself at risk for heart problems, and then you 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 add stimulants to that on top of that. And, and a lot of steroid users, because they 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 don't drink, uh, they think that they can do like amphetamines or cocaine or or some of these other drugs, and that that's that's okay because it's not intoxifying your liver. Well, all that stuff is messing with your heart, and you're putting yourself at risk for heart problems. You add on to that the fact that your cholesterol is going to be all fucked up when you're in cycle mostly. It's going to be pretty high, red blood cell count high. Oh, you, you add all these things together and then, man, you're going to throw clambuterol and albuterol on top of that and then go do cardio? Like, just cut it out. And I'm, I'm talking from experience here. I'm like talking to myself when I was in my early 20s. There's just no need for it. Uh, if If there's... If there's anything you can do to save your heart health is stay away from stimulants of all types. You know, caffeine, taurine, different story. Caffeine, taurine, warna, different story there. But when I mean stimulants, is like, oh, geez, albuterol, clambuterol. I mean, there's no reason, that those two specifically, there's no reason to mess with them. And stay away from, from some of the stimulant drugs like, like, you know, Adderall, some guys are like recreational, taking Adderall, riddling every day. Um, a lot of bodybuilders uh, like partying with, with, with cocaine and things like that because they feel it's, it's safe because it's not hurting their liver. And all these stimulants also just letting the steroids let you get too crazy, too upset. Some guys have really bad gut health. 
because of, of the way you, you eat in this lifestyle sometimes. And they'll get some a little bit of anxiety and, and, and some, some palpitation issues and, and, and like panic issues also from, from bad gut, gut health. And all of those things combined put a stress on your heart, just shorten your, your heart's lifespan. So if there is anything you can do within this lifestyle as a steroid user to, to maintain your heart health long-term is eat super clean all the time. Stay away from, from albuterol, clenbuterol. And, and, you know, those two go hand in hand. If you, if you let yourself get out of shape really badly to where you're looking in the mirror and you're disgusted with yourself and you need to jump on a clenbuterol cycle right now to lose that weight, you just fucked yourself over twice. You ate like shit, which is not good for your heart. And now you're going to take a bunch of fucking stimulants, which is not good for your heart either. Right? So if you hadn't gotten out of shape to begin with eating like shit, you wouldn't need to cleanse. You could have just ate right, fasted, time-restricted feeding, just ate right that whole time. You never gotten out of shape, never need the stimulants to begin with. So don't take your heart for granted. It's not all about your liver. It's not all about your kidneys, guys. Your heart is something to really to really watch over too, especially in this lifestyle. So best thing you can do, eat real clean, stay away from stimulants. You're already taking steroids, which is going to, like I said, directly affect your heart, can make it grow, red blood cell count, cholesterol levels. You're already doing all of that with the steroids anyway. No need to add the stimulants on top of that, the Adderall, the Ritalin, the Clenbuterol, the Albuterol. You know, these are all, it's no need for that. You're hurting yourself at that point. What do you think, Steve? Look, here's the thing. Cholesterol, we need cholesterol, guys. Cholesterol, you know, your body needs the cholesterol to make hormones, vitamin D, other substances that helps you digest foods. So when you take these anti-cholesterol medications, because the steroids screwed up your cholesterol, your lifestyle screwed up your cholesterol, you're doing the worst thing you can to yourself, you know, and you're actually screwing yourself. You're shooting yourself in the foot. So you're, you have to be aware of that. And you have to understand that, you know, you need the, the cholesterol is a good thing in the body. It helps regulate stuff. But what happens is when you run steroids, it throws your good cholesterol off, throws your bad cholesterol off. And your total cholesterol is usually going to be super high above range, above the 200 range. So what you have to do is you have to run steroids smart and you have to run steroids short. And you don't run steroids if you've got bad lipid health already. It's as simple as that. Um, I suggest a support supplement, N2Guard. Even if you have great heart health before a cycle, you'd be surprised how much a cycle could screw, you, screw up your heart health very, very quickly as well. Because you're also you're putting on a lot of mass. You're putting on water, fat, muscle very, very rapidly. And that's going to strain your heart as well. So yeah, it's definitely an issue, guys, across the board. All steroids, and some of them are worse than others. Trend is, is horrible for your heart health. Other steroids are much more mild. So it really, it really just depends on the steroid itself. But you want to keep an eye on that as well. Run pre-cycle blood work. And if you have problems on cycle, don't be scared to run cy uh, blood work on cycle as well. All right, guys, so the next one is... The last one we're going to talk about is how to approach women to ask out without coming off as a creep. 
It so, was other, what were we doing? What were we doing at Amar? <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong thing. All right, guys. Well, you want to skip it, don't you? It's going too long or what? <laughs> no, no, I looked at the wrong one. All right, guys. So the next topic, topic number four is why do newbies love Anamar, Anavar so much? So, Rick, you you came up with this question. It's a really, really good question. What made you uh, come up with this question today? What what have you noticed? All right. So um, it's been a while since I really, really fucked with Anabar on like an Anabar only cycle. And I get a lot of questions about Anabar, mostly newbies. Hit me up on Facebook. They hit me up on DMs and on the forums. And everybody's Anabar crazy. Plus, girls love it too. So I said, you know what? I'm going to grab myself some fucking Anabar and I'm going to run it. I'm going to run an Anabar only cycle, 15 milligrams per day. And we're just going gonna to rock it out. So I got some Oxandrolos uh, from uh, Pharmacon Labs. It is actually, um, it is actually comes from a, from a reputable source. I know it's, it's legit stuff. And Pharmacon makes good shit. I've seen some of their tests from people that have sent stuff to test it out. And um, I fucked with Pharmacon. So I gave it a shot. Um, I've been on it for over a week. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all the other good things. You know, I'm diet is on point, training, taking my insulin, taking my HG generator, yes, putting on the young hand flame. I am losing some body fat. I don't think I'm losing much muscle mass, but it's not that strong. It doesn't, it just doesn't feel. I really came to the conclusion. I, I remember why I don't, I don't use Anamar anymore. For less money, I could be running just a, a light testosterone cycle, very light, and get comparable results. I might, I might be maybe a little bit water puffier, a little bit more, more water puffiness, because obviously I'm going to have some aromatization. But I don't think the Anavar is like drying me out crazy either. You know, I don't. So I think bang for the buck, I would have gotten... I'd be, I'd be a lot happier with the, I know I'd be a lot happier with testosterone right now. That's what I'm thinking. And, um, you know, it still remains to be seen. I still have uh, uh, just over two more weeks on the cycle. It's going to be a quick four-week run to just to see where I can get. I'm taking some before and after pictures and do some articles about it. I might even do a little, a little pamphlet for Amazon for you guys that you can uh, read on your Kindle or, or download of Amazon. Uh, or maybe even have print on demand. I don't know, but I'm going through it now. Let's see how, what I can do with this cycle. Let's see how far I can get me. But yeah, man, for the price, I got to tell you guys, man, for the price, Anawar, there's other stuff out there. If you're a female, you probably, your choices are limited. Anawar is it. But if you're a newbie, if you're a dude, probably not the best, probably not the best. Now, Anawar, Anabar will, will have its place for guys who are doing other stuff, you know, as part, as, as part of a complete cutting cycle, you know, as part of a complete cutting cycle, Anabar will, will surely have its place, especially if you bump it up maybe to, to 60 mix. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. It's not a bad steroid. But for the money, for the price, I think you can, you can save some money, go with testosterone and just be more consistent, be... Uh, be extra clean with your diet, extra, extra disciplined with your training. And once you, once you flush some of that little extra water out after your, your testosterone cycle, 
you might see better results than just on Anavar. Um, what do you think, Steve? What what what, what is your uh, am I what is your well, I like, I like Anavar as a mild compound to add to a more androgenic compound. Example, I ran trend with Anavar and um, I hit my personal records in strength and size on that stack. So uh, that stack worked really, really well for me. And the nice thing about the Anavar, you can add it to trend and it won't increase the side effects, but it's going to give you that extra little mild anabolic kick to the cycle to kind of it kind of yin and yangs really well with another androgen so what you're experiencing rick is the whole point of running anavar you don't feel much on it you don't feel much it's a very mild compound so i completely understand where you're coming from and it's not going to be something for everybody now if you were to run trend trend let's say you went on trend ace You'd be like, oh my God, I'm getting these crazy side effects. I'm getting these crazy results really, really fast. That's, I mean, that's what you would run if you want a fast results. But Anavar is something, it's kind of like Primo, same thing. It's a, it's not something that's going to be, um, it's not going to be an overnight thing. So I completely understand where you're coming and from. I, and, I, and I will say this, if you're a newbie, um, yeah, I mean, it's like a steroid cycle on training wheels if you're a newbie, because I, I just said I, I'd be happy with testosterone, but I know how to use AIs. I know how to work with tests. I know how to look in the mirror and know how much is bloat and how much is actual gains and, and what's going on. So because of my experience, I could make the most out of that investment. But yeah, for, for a newbie, I guess, yeah, really going full circle my thinking here. You don't have to worry about, about anti-estrogens. You don't have to worry about a lot of stuff. Just take some Entogard to make sure to keep your liver healthy and and I guess you're good to go. I guess that's why newbies love it. Yeah, I mean, there no no skin side effects for sure. My skin is is great. I would have maybe a little bit more skin issues on testosterone. Um, no water retention. It is just expensive. It's probably the part that I've had the hardest time getting over is the milligram per milligram cost, where I feel as though yeah, like testosterone, and I already have a little bit of anti ease lying around. If I really, if it really brought me to that. And tweak it up, and man, it's be a really inexpensive cycle. Get and get some some great progress on it. But if you're a newbie, you don't have AIs lying around. You don't know how to tweak them up. You don't know much of anything. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess just taking the the Oxandrolone, taking those tablets uh, five times a day is pretty convenient. And not much to worry about. And plus, obviously, I've used. Uh, steroids before i've used other stuff so anavar is not quite as, as strong on me but if you get a real, real newbie hasn't done too many cycles it's not even holding on to a lot to a lot of mass it's not too far past their genetic limits you're probably going to get some really pretty pretty decent results on the anavar maybe yeah yeah definitely and and guys you know stacking steroids is a method to the madness of stacking steroids i've said this for years but guys don't want to listen. So with Anavar, if you're running Anavar with another mild compound like Primo, and you're like, oh, I'm not getting, I'm not feeling much, I'm not getting much. Well, yeah, you're running two mild compounds. You should run Anavar with an androgen. Then you'll start noticing that's where you start getting the power to the cycle. That's where you start getting the power. And on the flip side, you run an androgen, it's a good idea to stack Anavar with it because it's not going to 
cause side effects to go nuts. And NMR is very mild. Um, you know, guys are like, oh, it's bad for your liver. It's bad for your cholesterol. No, not really. It's not that bad. Compared to other steroids, it's not. So it's a good option to add to it to a cycle in any way you slice it. But it is expensive. And uh, the, price, the price is an issue for a lot of people. Hey guys, so this is just a quick edit by me that was done a couple of weeks after the podcast was recorded. My cycle is done. I look great. If you'd like to see my before and after pictures, go to www.anavarbook.com. There you'll be able to see the pictures and you'll be able to subscribe so that you can get a discounted copy of the book once it becomes available. In the book, I will be documenting my journey through the cycle and how I got the results that I got on it. It'll be a real eye-opener for any guys out there looking to do a cutting cycle with Anavar. It'll show you just the way to do it right. All right, guys, that was it. Just a small edit by me. Now we're back to the show. All right, guys, so the last question is how to approach women without coming off as a creep. So this is a tough one. I actually read a, a, a forum post about it, and a woman was saying that she doesn't like how – Guys creep on her at the gym and they follow her to her car and they ask her out. And then all the other women chimed in on the thread and they said the same thing. They're like, yeah, these guys are so creepy, blah, blah, blah. I just want to work out, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and on the flip side, you know, I understand the situation. I mean, if I had a girlfriend, I wouldn't want guys creeping on her at the gym. I, I completely get it. But on the flip side, how in the world are you supposed to ask a girl out. I mean, if you can't even approach her. So at least these guys had the balls to approach a, a woman and, you know, ask her out, even if you turn them down. Um, but I mean, you know, so this is kind of one of those things. I think these days with the internet and with all these um, uh, social media, you got the social media, you've got the, the apps, the dating apps, you got the dating websites, you know, and people just don't know how to talk to each other anymore. They don't know how to go up to a girl and ask her out. Now they'll ask her out via text message or they'll ask her out via Facebook message or on a dating app or something like that. And that's, you know, that's one of those things. I'm, I'm kind of weird, Rick, and you're probably the same way because we – didn't grow up with the internet, but we got started getting the internet when we were like late in our late teens and into college. We basically, you know, the internet started blowing up. So we didn't experience that, but now you're having 12, 13 year olds who are growing up with the internet and with computers. And if they want to ask a girl out, that they like in school, they're not going to go to school the next day and ask her out. They're going to basically ask her out on Facebook <laughs> or on Twitter or whatever. So I kind of get that. So it just depends. Um, I'm just curious because you like to date, you know, younger women, you're into the father daughter fantasy. So is that something that you have to ask women out through social media or is that something you have to kind of like, because they're, they're all on social media and stuff. And my, the, the women I date, you know, women, mature women, I like, I like the mature women, I like the MILFs. So women in their 40s are the most beautiful women, by the way. I love it. I love their skin. Got the mother fantasy. They got that skin. They got those floppy breasts. Oh, I love it. 
I love like the skinny milfs. Those those are hot. So, but if you notice the difference, would you like to date? You're into the father daughter fantasy. You like to date women half your age. So tell us about that. <laughs> that's a good intro for for a question. Thank you for leading me in like that. That's, that's lovely. All right. So the core of the question is, how do you ask? What is the core of the question? How do you ask a girl out of the gym without seeming like a creep? What is, what is the core of the question? The gym or just The core of the question is how you ask general? a girl these days. How are you asking women out? Well, I, tell me, the last woman you went out with, how'd okay, you so, ask her out? Okay, so that, that's pretty broad because it sounded, it sounded difficult at the gym because a lot of women don't, don't go to the gym made up, looking pretty, so they don't feel as pretty at the gym. Maybe some of them. So it's a little bit different of a dynamic. But just in general, okay, so just in general, how can you ask women out without seeming like a creep? Here's, here's, here's the rule of thumb. Just don't be a creep. Don't be a fucking creep. Be a desirable man. Be a desirable person. Be a desirable individual. Don't be a fucking creep. How are you a creep? Uh, if you got a girl or you're in a relationship that you're just not happy with because you settled, because you, 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 just, you just couldn't stay by yourself for a while, and now you're trying to mess with another girl, disrespecting your relationship, you know, that, 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 that's creep level stuff. And granted, a lot of women lend themselves to, to get involved in, in love triangles. So do men. But as a general rule of thumb, that's just creep behavior. If, you've, if, you've, if you're not happy with the, the, with the mate, the potential mate, just don't, don't be with somebody out of being lonely. And then you don't get stuck in a bad relationship. And then you got to be a creep trying to engage someone while you're having to justify yourself for, for being in a relationship with somebody. It's just creep fucking behavior. So don't start off with that. Two, just don't be fucking desperate and don't be lonely. Be, be about your goals. Be focused on yourself, on your goals, on your growth as a person, as a professional, as a human being. And then you'll just, you're going to just attract attention if, if you lift that and you are that every day. And you're not and you're not lonely and you're not miserable and you're not overeating and you're not skipping workouts because you're, you're not disciplined and, and you're not, and you're eating like shit because you don't have any, any self-control or, or, and you're eating things that are, that are bad for your health and they're not conducive towards your, towards your goals because you, you just can't deal with, with bad feelings inside. See, if you got all these fucking things going on inside of you and you're, out there trying to bring somebody else in into your fucked up sick ass world and you're a creep right so then don't be a fucking creep you know don't be don't be lonely don't settle uh, work be about your goals every single day don't don't just be an, a spectator be a doer and as you lift that life as you are that guy now you're not a creep anymore now when you approach a, a female and you and you establish a conversation with her and you and you dialogue with her now you're someone interesting you're someone that's got something else to offer and if she doesn't seem that interested man your life is so is so incredible and you've got so many things you're working on and and so many projects that are keeping you busy that you're fine to just let that ass go let let her go on down the fucking line who gives a fuck you've got things to do if she's not going to be reciprocal in your attention, then you need to just keep doing you and, and keep building you. And then when the girl that comes around that is reciprocal with your attention, then you could 
then you know you fin- you work on that. But one of the first things also you need to do not be a creep is just let the fuck go. If you try to talk to her, if you try to, if you, maybe you, you get a first date with her and things just don't work out, if she just stops calling, then just your life is full of projects, of, of things you need to do, of goals you have, of things you're working on daily. So you don't have time to, to, go, to go search for her. You don't have time to be after her. As a matter of fact, if she becomes too absent from your life, you're just going to forget about her because you've got fucking goals and projects and things you're working on on a daily fucking basis. And when you all of that, that's when you stop being a creep. All right? That's when you that's when any advances you make on a female are not creep like. When you're that motherfucker and you walk around like that every day. But besides that, bro, like you're a fucking creep, dude. If you if you if you creep if you if you act like a creep and you live like a creep, you're a fucking creep. And that's the bottom line. That's it. I think women complain about guys checking them out at the gym, following them around. Um, I see this behavior all the time. And, um, you know, that's a creep. You know, you follow the girl around and, and you follow her to, to her car. Like right when she's leaving the gym, you like get your shit together. You're like, and then you run out the door to follow her to her car. And you like go up to her in her car and you try to chicken out the last minute. And then uh, you, walk, you walk away. And then she'll notice that she's, and then the next day you'll do the same thing. You'll, you'll almost ask her out and then you'll check it out again. And she'll know that she's like, man, this guy's a fucking creep. This guy's a fucking serial killer. He's like following around. <laughs> Little does she know you just want to ask her out to fucking. Man, let me tell you something. Before you start following a woman to her car, she needs to have given you so many signals, bro. She needs to have just waved the fucking checker flag all the way in. Before you step outside of a fucking gym or a restaurant anywhere, start following some lady to her car, man. Like, you just don't do shit like that. That's fucking creepy. Like, yeah, you could follow a girl or her car. Shit, even make sure she's fine getting to her car in a, in a parking lot late at night or whatever. Once she's waved the checker flag, once she's giving you all the signals that you can do that. Once she's, once she's engaged you in front of other people and, and maybe, maybe you, you, you're, you're following each other on social and set what's up and then you can conversate with her as you're speaking to her, walk to her car, then shit, you could be coming in when she's leaving and just walk across the fucking parking lot, no problem, and go up to her and lean in her window you know, and even say goodbye with a kiss. Once you've got the door to do that, but if you don't know this lady, Following to her, following her to her car, in the middle of the night, probably not the best approach to, to ask her out. Probably not. You 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 wait until she gives you those fucking signals. You you wait until you at least establish two or three conversations with her in a safe place before you do any dumb shit like that. You know, look, Steve was just talking about social. He is the best thing. You meet people in person, follow them on social. It's a lot easier to ask to follow someone on Instagram. Than it is, or Facebook, than it is to ask them for the phone number. Be active on social yourself. At some point, they're going to throw you a like. You know, when they throw you a like, they're showing a little tiny more interest. And then you can conversate. And you, could, you can ask someone out on social. You met them in person and you use social as, as a way to kind of communicate, just keep up a little bit, comment on, on each other's shit a little bit. You can use that and say, hey, what you were doing today, bike riding, what gym is that? Looks fun. I want to go check that out. And then if she says, hey, 
this activity is that way, go that way, then you know she's not down. But if she says, hey, yeah, that activity, yeah, we, we can go do that, then you know she's interested. And that's a really light way to know if she's even a little bit interested. See something she's, something she's doing on social, something she publishes, good restaurant, another gym she's at, something she's doing. If you've already got a little bit of report, comment on her, well, hey, that looks fun. If she sends you away to go do it by yourself, you know what's up. If she tries to incorporate, then you know what's up. It's real simple, man. And you, you're not a creep if you, if you make sure to just take the signals. And you'll be fine if you're always working on yourself, on your projects, on your shit, on your life, on yourself. And then everything is easy. Everything's fine after that. All right, guys. Hope you guys will learn a lot from this podcast. We'll do another Q and A next week. Keep it, keep it coming, guys. Keep the reviews coming. For Steve, me, and Rick, another episode of Evolution Radio. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.